Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Man, I love what J. Will said. Key, think about it, man. Most polarizing team in NBA history. This version of this team hasn't even played a minute yet. And then the most polarizing team, Jay Willis says that says it all. You gotta, you gotta love to hate them, though, right? I mean, that's just exactly. people. People, that's how they are. That's what the world we live in, right? And 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 they go out there and they win a championship. The hate is, or even if they even start to head in that direction, yeah, as make people feel they're going to win a championship. The hate is going to pour on very thick. Just and to- key, I mean, we have this whole thing with Kyrie just disappearing, you know, obviously going <laughs> through some stuff. But, you know, we are only 10 games into the Jeez. season, right? Disappearing. What? No, I'm just saying you'd use the word disappearing. I just was thinking like, Phew, he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. And then he's back. We'll see what ends up happening. By the way, the Nets' first game post-trade, and obviously there is all sorts of reporting from Woj and others. And by the way, Woj is going to be here in 15 minutes at 7.15 a.m. Eastern that you won't see Kyrie again until next week. But surely soon enough, the triumvirate will be in place. When, when, is, uh, when is Harden supposed to take the floor with them? We'll have to wait and see on that. That's certainly Is it official now? Is it not official? Well, the trade has gone through. But is it official I mean, like, is it, is it yeah, done? Yeah, no, I don't think it's not official, official yet. So he probably a couple more days. Because will we have to go through a protocol sort of and all that sort of stuff? I, we could ask Woj that. but Right, but think about it. If you got four teams, four first-round picks, four trade swaps, unprotected picks, Karis LeVert, Victor Oladipo, I understand you haven't crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's, but if you're going to get this many teams together to Ooh. do something like this, you've got to believe it's just short of a rubber stamp. I know it's not official yet, but think about the enormity of this trade. No, yeah, no, it's, it's massive. There's no question about it. It was going to take a massive deal to get James Harden. There's no question about it, right? I and mean, it, it just – it was. It wasn't going to be just Harden for – one player, it was going to be all these moving pieces because not only do you have a Hall of Fame player, you also got a huge salary. And I'll, I'll say the four first-round picks for the Rockets, I, I think it is the biggest caveat in this whole thing. A lot of people are going to jump to on paper like, hey, they got Victor Oladipo now with John Wall with DeMarcus Cousins. That's a lot of injuries. That's a lot of history <laughs> of injuries on that team. So the four first-round picks, I think that's the, that's the big get for the Houston Rockets. They'll be using those four first-round picks, according to you, based on those injuries. Just saying, Keith. And I want to keep it real. No doubt. Let's keep it real here with something that I think opened a lot of eyebrows today. Again, when Woj says something, it's done. Just take it to the bank, okay? It's done. And Woj is going to be here in 15 minutes. I mean, that's the biggest unofficial official rubber stamp anybody can give you in all of sports. Let's discuss this. Everybody has the grade the trade scenario. Again, we don't exactly know when Harden will take the floor since it's not official. We're thinking Kyrie will be back at some point at earliest next week. But everybody wants to grade the trade without anybody seeing anybody in a different uniform. Our Kevin Pelton, senior writer, ESPN.com, does a great job grading the trade. Right. Um, he, you know, he does a great job. You can see his article right now on ESPN+. Plus. He actually gave the Rockets an A-minus for this trade. and I would give him an A-plus considering the haul they got back in terms of proven commodities and picks to come. But more importantly, from a brass tax perspective, he gave the Nets, who got exactly what they wanted in this deal, he gave them a D. Now, he did give them what? a solid D. He called it a solid D. How many Ds did you get in school? I wasn't great at chemistry. I wasn't great. That's like my, my no, worst course. Did, did you get a D in chemistry? I did get a D in chemistry. And then you probably took it over or something. 
to get an A. No, no. You can only take it over if you get an F. If you get an F, you can take it over. Then you average the two grades. But if you get the D, you move on. I don't know what cobalt is. I, I, potassium is like a K. Uh, that's the only thing I can come up with at this point. It's about 20 years ago when I did this. But okay. giving them a D because they made a trade to help their franchise, I think he missed the mark on that. Yeah. This is what they wanted. It's an A. It's an A. It's, it's a, an a. You got one of the greatest players, offensive scores in the history of the game. This is what they wanted. You pairing him with KD. Now look, if 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 the if they don't do anything with him, and all of a sudden they get bounced off the playoffs to the second round, then you can give them a D or you can give them an F, whatever the case may be. But as of right now, that's an A. This is Here, you you give them whatever the hell they want to get that player. You give them whatever the, they want. Here are the three most common questions that I've been asked since this trade has gone down. Well, can James Harden get healthy again? Look, James Harder, Harden is a hooper. He will healthy? lose the weight. He ain't yeah. even hurt. Well, get get in shape. Oh, like okay. get, get in top-tier shape, right? <laughs> yes, he can do that. Is Kyrie Irving into basketball? I, I think for everything that's happening right now, I, I think Kyrie Irving is going about it in the wrong way. But I, if his attention is about things that happen at the U.S. Capitol, okay. I'm okay with that. Once again, the way he handles question. it. I understand. I think Kyrie Irving will be into basketball. He's always been into basketball his entire life. He does love hoop. And the only question I think is actually truly pertinent is can KD stay healthy coming off that Achilles injury? But the way he's playing right now, if if you're saying these three are actually healthy together and on the same court, that's an A plus, man. Well, so so far, so good, right? He's been healthy. he, He hasn't missed any time due to being injured since his Achilles. Then when you talk about the, the, the in shape, that was part of the plan, was for me to come in on fried chicken and honey buns and look a certain <laughs> way and act a certain way. So now you realize how serious I am. The other day was the first time that we had an opportunity to hear him say, I done enough for Houston, I won out. And in terms of Kyrie's situation, I don't know him like you know him. I don't know him at all. To be to be frank with you, you know him a little bit, Jay. But from an outsider, from an outsider's perspective, he may just be going through some stuff right now. And and you know, and I know Stephen A. said that he should retire. Well, he doesn't need to retire. And I think Stephen A. meant like retire, get your mind right, come back and play once your mind is right. Because if you want to do things off the court, as we see many professional athletes in the world, not only in basketball but in football and other things, I've done things as a player off the field during my playing days, and I still was able to function as a player. I think Kyrie will be able to do that. So retirement side, maybe not. Maybe he just needed a day or two to step away from the game to gather his thoughts about whatever's going on, whether it's the capital, whether it's not, whether it's just things in communities, whether it's not, or whether it's I'm tired of playing basketball right now. I just want to sit tight. I think when he comes back, I do want to remind people who was one of the closest people to Kyrie in his life. It's Kobe Bryant. There's a lot of Mamba mentality for Kyrie on the floor. There is an absolute love for the game of basketball and the way he likes to compete. And I sometimes think, you know, through all these other things happening, people forget the level of how Kyrie wants to compete each and every day. So that is still there. It's a matter of timing, I guess, with everything else going on right now when he chooses to turn that switch on. Well, whenever he turns the switch on, if he doesn't recognize that this team has gotten stronger in poised to make a strong 
uh, I almost called it NFC East, Eastern Conference run to win it all and maybe see the Lakers or whoever's coming out of the West, that he doesn't see that, then he's doing everything a disservice because, you know, if you go around and you look, he didn't get alone in Cleveland. He moved to Boston. Boston, I, I want to be here. I don't want to be here. So all the sort of things that's going on. Now you sign up uh, for the Nets and you wanted to be paired with Kevin Durant and you guys were, were what is the word that you use? Locked arm and step or step arm and lock or whatever you say, Zubin. In lockstep. There you go, in lockstep with Kevin Durant. And now you kind of leaving Durant out on the limb by itself. You may want to rethink that. And I think you will. And I think you will. Sometimes people need to just take a step away. Jay, you made two great points. Let me just emphasize for those that have thought about what the whirlwind of a year has been like. Later this month, we'll actually be honoring the one-year anniversary of Kobe's death. And if you remember, um, after Kobe died, what's the first thing that Kyrie Irving did? He didn't play in games after that, and he had a very emotional return to the court. Last thing I want to mention, the periodic tables. I know a lot about letters and chemistry. <laughs> Apparently, I failed. But I want to give you some numbers real quick just here in the next 30 seconds. This is important. For the last three years, everybody talks about Harden. You just got to remember, because you're looking at him right now, he's a little out of shape. The last three years, <laughs> he has averaged more than 30 points a game each of the last three years. A couple years ago, he was on a 36.1 clip. You have to go back to vintage MJ the last time you saw that. Why do I bring that up? Steph, over the last three years, he hasn't cracked 30 for three straight years. LeBron hasn't cracked 30 for three straight years. The guy you're telling me is the best player in the NBA for the last two seasons, Giannis, hasn't cracked 30 for the last three seasons. The only dude in the league that has done that is James Harden. And, and he's not – he's, he's heavier than what he should be, but he's not out of shape. No doubt. Because he wouldn't be running up and down the floor. And keep in mind, we're talking short-term, but think about long-term. KD's 32, Kyrie's 28, Harden's 31. It could be a good run here for quite some time. A reminder, tune into Mike Greenberg's show, Greeny, this morning, right after us. Greeny will break down the big Harden deal with our Zach Lowe and Joe Thomas from the Browns on the big spot for Cleveland against Kansas City this weekend from Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin right into Greeny weekday mornings right here on ESPN Radio. On the way... The guy who broke the trade. How did it go from we might wait till March 25th for the best deal to getting it done by the end of yesterday? Woj is next on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Brooklyn Nets are acquiring Houston's James Harden in a blockbuster deal. They were just determined to get this deal done. This is a Brooklyn organization that is all in right now. I see this being, first of all, insanely volatile. This will not be without its challenges. As far as I'm concerned, it's finals or bust. I love the trade because it makes it easier for me to hate the Nets even more. How about that? 
For years and years, this team had the lowest TV ratings in the entire NBA. They were living in the shadow of the Knicks, and they have busted out in a gigantic way. Now all they have to do is how to figure out how three guys used to having the ball in their hands are all going to share one ball. Incredible deal. Four teams, four first-round picks, trade swaps, everything complicated, fascinating. The man who broke the story alongside our Ramona Shelburne, of course, is Woj, the NBA's best insider, and he joins us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline. Adrian, could you just sort of take us through how all of this came together? Well, remember, Zubin, at the very beginning, you know, it was Kevin Durant and James Harden in the offseason, who were playing in L.A., talked about the idea of playing together, and that's when James Harden told Houston that he wanted to trade. He wanted out. And it took until really the last several days for talks to start escalating. And, you know, Houston did a good job of making it clear they had a price that they wanted, certainly in draft compensation, to be met. And ultimately, the Nets got there by finding a third team, initially Cleveland, who sent one of their first-round picks off uh, so they could pick up Jared Allen and uh, Torian Prince. You know, that got them another quality first to Houston, and ultimately that helped get it uh, over the finish line. And, uh, you know, I think once Houston found a taker for Karis LeVert, uh, made another deal with uh, Indiana to pick up Victor Oladipo as part of the four-way trade, uh, it was agreed upon yesterday. How close did the Sixers come to getting Harden? I mean, ultimately, I think the best player available to the Rockets in the deal was Ben Simmons. Uh, if, if you wanted to look at uh, whether they would keep him or look at his trade value, and I do think that's a part of it for the Rockets, even bringing in Victor Oladipo, is what might his trade value be? Because they could move him again before the trade deadline. Uh, but, you know, I think ultimately, I think this deal with Brooklyn got them, you know, the multiple first-round picks and the pick swaps. You know, I think essentially Houston's betting by perhaps the back end of this uh, that the Nets could be uh, a team that's uh, not as good, and, and those pick swaps would benefit uh, Houston. Uh, but ultimately, too, listen, I always thought it was going to be a little difficult for Philadelphia to get a deal done if things were relatively even. Uh, Daryl Morey left uh, the Rockets, went to Philadelphia. And I think owner Tillman Fertitta, ultimately, the idea of of not only allowing Morey to leave, but then to send him James Harden and to see James Harden have great success with the Sixers and with Daryl Morey, you know, that was going to be something uh, that all things being equal, uh, I don't know if the Rockets wanted it to play out that way. Well, now that he's on the move, Woj, with all the protocols and all the different things and once the deal is finalized, finalized, when will we see him in an X uniform? I mean, it's conceivable he could play Saturday, Keyshawn. There's no – the way the protocols are, as long as he's been testing positive and he tests every day uh, and he's been in this league protocol, uh, once all the players report and pass their physicals, uh, you know, it's conceivable he could suit up on Saturday against Orlando, uh, although um, part of it depends on the other players, too, in this deal, reporting, passing their physicals, and all, being come eligible, all becoming eligible to play with their new teams. 
Well, you and I both know managing those personalities is going to be extremely challenging, especially for a first-year head coach in Steve Nash. With that being said, how important yeah. is Mike D'Antoni to this team now? Yeah, Mike D'Antoni's history, certainly with James Harden specifically, and, and I know D'Antoni was a big proponent of bringing James Harden in. I think he thought that uh, they would find a way to make it work. He loved coaching James Harden because he knew he'd show up every night to play. He didn't want nights off. Uh, he didn't want minute restrictions. And James Harden loves the ball, and he brings that to this Nets team. And, and certainly there's going to have to be sacrifice among these three. You can't – listen, it, even with two great players, someone's got to give. Uh, but there's no Chris Bosh in this big three, and that's going to be a challenge <laughs> For the Nets, it's hard to imagine who's going to be the player that's going to take a significant backseat. With three, someone's going to have to. That's just reality. Uh, but, listen, I think part of this trade, uh, 2J, and I think you, you know this, is it's a bit of an insurance policy for the Nets, for Kevin Durant. Uh, they want to be able to re-sign him on his next deal. They've seen him return at an all-world level. And he is the focal point of this franchise. He was, from the beginning of that free agent score, bringing in he and Kyrie Irving. It was always about getting Kevin Durant. And now, without really knowing what the future holds for Kyrie Irving and them and what his commitment's going to be, whether they can really count on him, I think they have solidified Durant's future by having James Harden. And I think Kyrie Irving is going to have to figure out how he fits into that now. Well, what is the internal feeling at this given juncture on Kyrie Irving at the Nets? Well, I think Kyrie is going to have to explain. Uh, he's going to have to explain really what's transpired here in the last week. And I think that, listen, ultimately, as much as anything, and you guys know this in professional sports, Teams have to be able to count on you. And if there's issues, if there are things that they need to help Kyrie Irving work through, like any organization with a great player, they're going to be there to do that. But ultimately, they've got to know you're seriously, uh, that, that you're, you, you, you have seriously committed uh, to this endeavor and this group and this team. Uh, Kyrie Irving has to be a leader on this team. He's got to be a leader for good. And... Uh, I think for the Nets, you know, they have to know that. But listen, bringing James Harden in changes that dynamic. And, and this is a team now uh, that has, you know, three MVP-level players on it. Uh, and, and I do think that perhaps the organization gained a little leverage now over Kyrie and over his future by landing James Harden. It's very interesting. The point you made about who's got to acquiesce, I think that is the most fascinating point of all. And if you want to go even deeper on this story, and it is the biggest story in sports this morning, Woj has got you covered. Emergency podcast with the sirens blaring on your phone. He's breaking it down. It's already taped, and you can listen to it right now. That's Woj on the Goodyear Highline. Adrian, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. All right, but And, of Thanks, course, Woj. Woj brought to you by... Uh, he's on the Goodyear hotline brought to you by a Goodyear. Okay, so one thing I want to mention here, NBA and ESPN Radio tonight as well, Butler and the Heat, Embiid and the Sixers, key second question there with regards to how close the Sixers were. The best asset they could pass on was Ben Simmons, so we'll see how the Sixers move on after maybe 
being the one team that was jilted again, Heat Sixers tonight, presented by Indeed, covered 7 Eastern on most of these ESPN radio stations. So now we have to flip the script because at this time yesterday, because the deal wasn't done, and again, it's not officially done, but let's talk about it like it's done for all practical purposes, the entire Eastern Conference, Jay, revolved around Giannis. Two-time MVP, he was also the defensive player of the year, top seed, trying to win their first championship in 50 years, got the Supermax, let's build around him, what do you want? We go from all of that, the entire axis of the Eastern Conference revolving around Giannis, by the way, now the planets are revolving around another team, how quickly it can change. Yeah, and I actually think, you know, Milwaukee's been playing really good basketball as of late, um, you know, won three games in a row. I, I will say that, the, the Bogdan Bogdanovich deal that didn't go through, where he ended up going to another team, to the Atlanta Hawks, mm. I, I think ultimately could hinder this team from getting out of the East. Now, look, there's always going to be that question, you know, how, how does Giannis handle things down the stretch as far as making big shots? Can Drew Holiday, can Chris Middleton, can those guys be the clutch players that Milwaukee needs? Uh, I still think they will be there, but the, the Nets – will be by far the favorite in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, it, by far. Uh, it's not – I mean, they're they bringing in Harden. You get Kyrie back. And, and I didn't think that they were far off without James Harden. I felt like that the Nets would probably be the team to come out of the East in the first place. But now the question begs of what's going to go through Giannis's mind when, in fact, he looks up at the end of the season and they're not in a position to make a strong run for a championship, or they get bounced in the playoffs early. What what clicks to his mind when he's now signed a long-term extension? They went out there and got a player for him. And, and so Drew Holiday is now in the mix. What, what happens? Where, where does his mind go? Should he have not signed the extension? Should I have waited? Should I have looked to go to another team with more players because people aren't going to come here in free agency? We'll dig well, into it further. Go ahead, Zubin, James. I, I just want to explain to people, you know, who, and I understand everybody has to be quote unquote professional, but just because you sign a five-year deal does not mean that you have a five-year commitment to one team. You have a five-year commitment to the money that you signed for. I just want to specify, this is a new age. We've seen Kawhi Leonard get out of a situation. We've seen... Anthony Davis get out of a situation. We've now seen John Hart, uh, James Harden get out of a situation. We will continue to have conversations about people like Bradley Beal, who is in Washington, who there have been stuff about, you know, could he be a Laker? Could he force his way out of Washington? And I said it the moment it happened, just because Giannis signed a five-year deal with Milwaukee to be the highest paid player in North American sports does not mean that he will be with Milwaukee for five years if their front office and team cannot put him in a position to win a world championship. That is the reality of where we are in today's NBA, where player empowerment, players can get to where they want to be. Yeah, it, it, but, but though everybody that we talk about in player empowerment and signing Supermax deals or long-term extensions, they don't ask to be out after one season. That one season would be a bit much. You know, you got to kind of – if he was to go walk in there – after this season, be like, yo, I, I, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want this anymore. You just signed a max deal, man, like <laughs> seven months ago. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Now, if he did it two and a half years from now, I think 
So, Key, what if two years they don't get out of the Eastern semifinals? Yeah, now the frustration, two years, yeah, the frustration, two years. But not after one season. Yeah, I never said one season. No, I'm just saying, not after, I wanted to make it clear, and we're not talking, you were not talking about after one season. You're talking about down the line. Down the line, of course. But after one year, two years, it's still, it would probably be a PR nightmare for him, considering that he said, what he said about wanting to be, this is my home, this is my town, I want to be here. And then you look up, you know, 24 months later, and you're talking about you want to get out. There's no doubt about it. And Jay made up the most interesting point of all. You're right. It's the age of player empowerment. Just a reminder that as of yesterday, the Houston Rockets controlled James Harden's rights for the next two years. 24 hours later, that whole thing blew up. Very interesting point there by Jay. And probably, as Jay said, it's the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the biggest names in basketball. If they want out, as Keyshawn has said in any sport, if they want out, eventually they'll get out. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. On the way here in one minute, the only sports star in the state of Wisconsin that could take the attention away from Giannis certainly has with some very interesting comments. That's on the way after SportsCenter. So we have to start at the very, very top. James Harden has been traded to the Brooklyn Nets. We've been talking about it all morning long. It's four teams, four first-round picks back to Houston. They get a super talented guy in Victor Oladipo. That's barely being mentioned. That's like in the cliff notes of this deal. That's like in the fine print. And this dude is an incredible player. Plus pick swaps key. It's unbelievable the enormity of the deal. Wow, we'll wait to see. And as Woj just said, we could see Harden as early as Saturday. That would be Brooklyn's next game against Orlando. It's not official yet, which is why Kevin Durant wanted to pull a Kyrie and be a little aloof with everyone. Losing teammates and Karis and Jarrett and Torian, but also welcoming in, you know, a teammate in James Harden. I heard that's not even finalized yet, so I'll talk about it another time. I know you don't want to get into things until they are official, but looking past, looking into the past, what was it like to play with James? What do you remember about him as a teammate? Because you have played together. It was fun. I got to mention, for most of you listening on radio, he was kind of smirking through that answer. We'll see. He might get the last laugh because if these three guys play the way they're supposed to, look out. Jay already said, best triumvirate scoring-wise in NBA history. And again, we could see two of them on the floor. The old two from OKC reunited in Brooklyn as early as Saturday. Bill O'Brien has been reunited with college football. Much maligned head coach of the Houston Texans is out, but he's back in the college game as Alabama's offensive coordinator, replacing Steve Sarkeesian, who came off a national championship Monday and is now running the Texas Longhorns. You might remember Bill O'Brien ran the Penn State football program back to prominence after everything that happened with the Joe Paterno scandal. Bill O'Brien back in the college game. And Aaron Donald is on track to play Saturday in the divisional round where the Rams will take on the Packers. He's been battling a rib cartilage injury. Ask Russell Wilson about that. He was still pretty darn good over the weekend. The big question for the Rams might not be on D, even though Donald is dominant. It might be on O. Like, who's their starting quarterback going to be? Can you imagine two weeks ago, somebody said, should we start John Wolford or 
Uh, Jared Goff. We'll have to think about it. No official word yet from Sean McVay. Maybe he's just playing it close to the vest. And Sports Center is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Now, Straight Talk Wireless' new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection, just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at Asurion.com. Slash Straight Talk limitations and exclusions apply. Aaron Rodgers, to me, is the MVP this season. It's the best season he's ever had. Idle chatter like that doesn't have a space in my brain. They'll throw over the middle. Rodgers toward the goal line. Caught. Touchdown, Robert Tunyon. Jared Goff is the most important player in the NFC playoffs. You know, there's been a lot of hate thrown his way. This would be an incredibly difficult challenge for Green Bay. Goff is going to sneak it over the top and in. It's mm. been a magical mm. season for the Packers. 13-3 and three last year, of course, got stymied by the 49ers. In NoCal, in Aaron's home area where he grew up in the NFC Championship game. But home is where the heart is. They're 13-3, and three, and this time they'll be the home team. The Rams are coming in in the divisional Yay! round. <laughs> so what a difference a year can make, right? You got Matt LaFleur, you're 13-3. and three. This year you got Matt LaFleur, you're 13-3. and three. You're a division champion again. And Aaron Rodgers said, don't let the symmetry fool you. This squad? Oh, this squad. The Niners were, were such a dominant team last year. That kind of hit our confidence maybe a little bit. Um, we didn't maybe have the same type of, the exact same type of belief this year. But look, confidence is an interesting thing. I mean, I feel like we all went in that NFC Championship with confidence we were going to win that game and go to the Super Bowl. Uh, that obviously didn't happen. They got out to a really big lead early. I feel like we have a lot of confidence this year. We believe in ourselves. Offensively, we're just a much better team than we were. We're a much more efficient team. That helps for sure. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, last year we were just so up and down. I think that's been the biggest difference offensively is we just were playing with a lot more confidence. Key's just watching Rodgers throw that flick of the wrist. Like, it's just nothing. It's just like a whoosh. Man, I get, every time I see stuff like that, I just get mad and jealous. <laughs> I just do because, it, uh, you know, I can't go back and, and look at my career and be like, damn, but I can at the same time. Like, give me that dude, man. I wish I had one of them. For my extended career. So Robert Tanyan gets Aaron Rodgers, but Keyshawn can't get Aaron Rodgers. Like, jeez. <laughs> like, bro, man. But it's like just watching him play, just some of the stuff, the, the watching the ball come off a flick of the wrist, uh, just the calm demeanor, how he explained the difference between last year and where they're at this year, mm-hmm. uh, the confidence level. where it, It's just the maturation of where they were on the Matt LaFleur at the beginning of last season to where they are now is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like they're flawless at what they do from an offensive standpoint. And Devontae Adams has been, for the most part this year, healthy. And we see when he's healthy what he can do. It's going to be interesting with Jalen Ramsey, though. Uh, Jalen Ramsey has pretty much held every receiver in check that he's – gone up against this year mm-hmm. uh you know gave up a touchdown against the buffalo bills if that's what you you know you want to point to that but outside of that dk metcalf kind of struggled against him a couple times uh the arizona cardinals struggled against him a couple times this one's going to be interesting because Devonte adams is a different type of player and then he got that quarterback in aaron Rodgers, which is probably going to be the mvp of the league unless somebody just decides to not vote for him for some <laughs> odd reason. And then when you talk about where this takes Aaron Rodgers in terms of his career, if he gets a second Super Bowl, mm-hmm. the legacy of Aaron Rodgers, we, you know, we talk about Tom Brady and Joe Montana and, and John Elway as the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if he gets his second trophy, the Lombardi trophy, where does that conversation shift? Because he has his tool set is better than all of those guys except maybe Elway. He's a better thrower of the football than Tom Brady. The physical gifts. The physical gifts. Uh, you know, Joe Montana was smooth with his. Didn't have the strongest arm, but the anticipation in the winning pedigree. Where, where would it put Aaron Rodgers? Because he's going to certainly chip away at certain records, depending on how long he plays. Key, it, it needs to put Aaron Rodgers where you made this mention yesterday. He's, all, like, he's leaning more closer towards the GOAT. And I know Patrick Mahomes has a lot more room to do so, right? But Aaron Rodgers, like, when you, when you start looking at his accolades, I mean, one Super Bowl, one Super Bowl MVP, two-time league MVP, three-time first-team All-Pro, nine-time Pro Bowl selection, currently 11th in all-time passing yards, just 300 short from John Elway, seventh all-time in passing TDs. I mean, only 12 quarterbacks in the history of the NFL have had multiple Super Bowl rings. So if he gets another one, it puts him in that category. But all that combined of what we just talked about, he gets a second one. We have to start talking about Aaron Rodgers that way. We already started talking about it that way, but it feels like we get we get distracted by all the other shiny objects out there, and we forget what Aaron Rodgers has done consistently. Well, I, I haven't forgot. Some others have because they had some down years under Mike McCarthy, but I certainly have not. And then when you look at it, Jay Will and Zubin, Aaron Rodgers missed some years because he had to sit behind Brett Favre. Yeah. So it wasn't like he came – essentially Tom Brady started as a rookie, mm-hmm. even though he played the next – But we'll call it that. We'll call it that, right? And, and then when you talk about Elway and, and you talk about Montana, those guys all played no immediately. Doubt. So they got a full career, so to speak, where Aaron Rodgers has missed a couple years because he had to sit on the sidelines and wait. So if you take – I don't know. You add, you talk about those yardage, you add probably another 7,000 yards to. Right. Mm. A couple 3,000, yeah, 4,000 yards. 3,000, 4,000 seasons, some more touchdowns. You start playing with that, those numbers are going to look way different. When we talk about quarterbacks, and as great as Drew Brees has been, and he's a surely a first fire, uh, first fire Hall of Famer walking through the door with no problem at all, mm-hmm. jackets made, already waiting in the, in the cleaners or wherever the hell they have them. Yeah. He's not talked the same. It's not, he's just not. For whatever reasons that is, we don't look at him the same way as we do Brady, Montana, Elway. Why that is, I don't know. Here's a couple things for you real quick. On the other corollary, and we're going to talk about the AFC in just a minute, but on the other corollary of how many more yards would he have, Jay mentioned all the passing yards he had. You mentioned tack on a couple more seasons. The fact of the matter is the other way to look at it is he's got less tread on the tire. So he's 37, Mm -hmm. right? But he hasn't played as much as a guy you would think that is 37 years old. And if you would just forgive me for one second, this sports center guy, this old sports center guy, is going to give you you some numbers, right? And this is why this is such an interesting split between the AFC and the (laughs) NFC. He had a team up already it was already ready exactly (laughs) and this is something you're thinking about from the top and the bottom but just think about this and how bullish people are on the american football conference all right think about this of the eight quarterbacks left the afc some people call it the afc i'm just laughing because go man go don't worry about me we'll talk about the national basketball association with steven 8805 okay some people call that the nba all right real quick i would just say this think about the eight quarterbacks left the four oldest all of them are in the nfc Brady, 43. Breeze, 42 today, by the way. Aaron happy Rogers, birthday, Drew. Thank you. Happy birthday. Aaron Rodgers, 37. Jared Goff, 26. Everyone in the AFC 
is 25 or younger. Think about that. The wow. four old dudes are all in the NFC. If you want to call golf old at 26, every other guy in the AFC, Mahomes, Baker, Lamar, and Josh Allen, 25 or younger. That's the split this weekend in the division. So you're going to see those dudes in the playoffs for another 10, 12 years. Think mm. about it. Hovering around the NFL or the American Football Conference, yes. depending on what you want to see. Right. Or the National Football Conference where golf at 26 <laughs> plays. On the way. Damn, Zuby, man. Lamar Jeez. is going to have to weather the weather in a way he never has before. We'll explain next on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. It's two teams that really do mirror themselves, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Just a question of whether the rest of the Bills team shows up and plays to the same level that Josh Allen. The Baltimore Ravens, they got back to Lamar Jackson-type football. Just be a baller. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. And from A to Z, brought to you by AMS NWA mm-hmm. Certified. Wait for the second story for that one. First, we'll start in Chicago. The Bears are keeping Matt Nagy and the general manager, Ryan Pace. We kind of knew that yesterday. Our Bears reporter, Jeff Dickerson, was all over that. We talked about it on the show yesterday. And then the embattled GM, still on the job, Ryan Pace, talked about his embattled quarterback and what he needs to see from Mitch to get to where we want to go. You know, we definitely need more of that out of that position. You know, we, we know that. And, you know, what does that entail? That's what this whole offseason is about. And I think when you go into, you know, selecting the, a quarterback or, or acquiring a quarterback in, in any way we do it or whatever we do with that position and everything's on the table. All right, Jay. Give me a heads up. What's the solution for the Bears at the QB position? Uh, what do we need to give up in order to get Deshaun Watson? Whatever possible. And, you know, Key and I have talked about this multiple times. I, I, a lot of people keep saying, well, the Houston Texans, why would you trade them? If you do not want to be there, we've seen this throughout sports. You do not have to be there. Oh, you're coming around with me. Okay, Jay. I, 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 I'm with you. I, I just All I was saying, Key, is and you know this better than I do, it feels like Players have a lot more power in the NBA than they do due to the conservative conservative principles and the degree of ownership and how football is. That that's my only question about you know could he? 
I want him to force his way out. If he doesn't want to be there, will but, they let it happen? Though? But I, I, I don't. We haven't even gotten there yet, right? I mean, as far as I know, he still wants to be there. He just wants them to appreciate and communicate with him about things going forward. Right, and we should say this for the one thousandth time: there is nobody that wants Mitch Trubisky to work more. <laughs> Then the guy who decided to draft him, and this is why they're going to give him every single opportunity. We will see what happens. All right, so I mentioned it. AMS, NWA, I don't have a meteorology degree. Lamar Jackson, if you don't know the background of Lamar, of course, he grew up South Florida, right? Warm weather guy. Played at Louisville, not exactly known for cold conditions. Now, obviously, he spent three years here with the Ravens, mid-Atlantic. It gets a little bit cold right there by the Inner Harbor right there in Baltimore, but believe it or not, Action Jackson has never played a game in the snow. And obviously, you know where they're going to be this weekend in Orchard Park, getting ready to take on the Buffalo Bills on a weekend in January. I don't get that, though. Right. You might see some white stuff out there for sure. Here's Lamar saying it would be a truly unprecedented moment for him. Zero experience. I never got to play in the snow. Um, except my first time seeing snow in Louisville, but we had a snowball fight, so that's totally different from playing in it. But, yeah, that, that definitely would be my first time planning, playing football in the snow Saturday. Al, yeah. If it does, hopefully it don't. Al Roker weighing in on the Goodyear hotline saying 60% chance of snow in Orchard Park mm. as of Thursday morning getting ready for this game over the weekend. Thank you, Al. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's different playing in the snow versus the rain. It's easier, in my opinion, to play in the snow. It's harder in the rain because so many things go through your mind. The ball is slippery. It's wet. You don't know if you can stop in it. You're sliding. Um, But the great thing about Baltimore's offense is it's portable. They can move that thing around no matter what the weather is like. They can play it in in snow, rain, sleet, uh, obviously great weather. That's who they are. Um, But I think it'll be fun to do. You're from L.A. How How the hell do you stay warm in the cold, man? Man, to be honest with you, you don't. You you know, they got the little heating benches, but those things don't really work. Um, I played in, in, obviously, in bad weather many, many times from Green Bay to the Chicago's all the way through Buffalo here in New York, and that it ain't it. Take us through the first time, though, because Lamar may be seeing the first time with snow. There's always a first time for everything. Yeah, Take my, us inside your my, – you're a SoCal guy. Same my thing. first time I played in snow was – actually in Buffalo and I played for the Jets my rookie year and it was freezing cold okay. you know and, and and it was I wore no gloves I had hand warmers on it was snowing uh snowballs were being thrown at us it was just crazy and it was one of those deals where I had one catch and it stuck to my face mask I had about nine ten attempts and it was the worst thing ever I was a true bust like it was one of those deals where it's like Damn, this game is too tough for me. But but my mind, it was it was the weather. Because I'm I'm board shorts, flip-flops, tank tops, t-shirts, non-threatening. You know, I, I had that look everywhere I went. And then all of a sudden I get up to Buffalo, it's cold, man. It's 29 damn degrees. And the wind the wind chill was 19 with the wind going at 11 miles an hour. What are you trying to do? Steal Roker's thunder? We were watching the television broadcast here. What Man, I was of- open a lot. I couldn't catch the ball. <laughs> I could catch it. We just Key, showed what, you. What did the ball feel like, Key? Was it like a, just a, like a, a rock, like a 10-pound rock have coming you, at you? Have you, you know red bricks? The yeah. red, have you ever had one in your hand? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had somebody toss one to you? Yeah. 
Imagine a red brick frozen 10 times over being thrown to you. From 20 yards out. From 20 yards out <laughs> at about X amount of miles per hour. Like, I mean, look at the highlight. Look at that. Balls just – I'm wide open too. They just flying all over the place. Frank Wright, quarterback, throwing to me. Uh, head coach, Indy Lapis coach. Look at that. That's a catch normally. That's a catch. It just go right off my hand. It was the worst game of my NFL career. A worst game. It was just I, – and I understand that mindset. What would you tell bad Lamar? Weather. Mindset. What would you tell Lamar? Hey, in, in case it snows over the weekend, here's what I can tell you from personal experience. Just put it out your mind. But it's very difficult, man, because when you go to that sideline, in that shadow over there on your sideline, it's cold. And, and, and then, on top of that, I'm looking at you, Zubin. You're cold. So you make me even cold. <laughs> then I look at the coaches. You know, they're older, so they need to stay warm. They all bundled up. So it, it, it plays with your mind. And as long as Lamar doesn't allow it to play with his mind, he can have a great game. And then Zubin, eventually I became a pro bowler in the cold weather. So, Zubin, there you go. In all those highlights, there was no snow on the field. So imagine if there's actually <laughs> snow on the field on top of how cold it was. That's no, it snowed, it snowed beforehand. And they cleaned the, you know, back in the day, they cleaned the field because that was that different turf. Now, mm. you, get the, now you get the field turf, uh, Jay. So, it's it's a little softer. That was like concrete. That was an asphalt. Right. You fall on that. You that's a whole nother world. Yes. It's the only time it's better to be in the media than a player because I could sit warmly in the press box. <laughs> on the way, Stephen A. Smith on James Harden. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.